Hello and welcome to another episode of Infobots. This is episode number 078. I'm your host, author Frederick Fishman, and today we are sponsored by me. So for all of the links to my books, apparel, and gear, go to my main Infobots website at infobots.com, spelled with two T's at the end. That's infobots.com. You can also help us out and show your support by visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Infobots podcast. And please check out our new educational membership website packed with numerous multimedia elements about the animal kingdom. And that's at www.animals, that's plural, animals-central.com. That's animals-central.com. Okay, let's get started. I'm interrupting uh, our continuing look at the top 10 animals of the Indian subcontinent for an update on the historical OSIRIS-REx spacecraft landing on the van-sized asteroid Bennu, some 200 million miles from the planet Earth. And I wanted to read you this news article that I just saw just today from the Associated Press. And it's about the asteroid sample spacecraft mission that was uh, accomplished several days ago. And this is from Cape Canaveral, Florida, this dispatch. A NASA spacecraft is stuffed with so much asteroid rubble from this week's grab that it jammed open and precious particles are drifting away in space, scientists said. Scientists announced the news three days after the spacecraft, OSIRIS-REx, briefly touched on the asteroid Bennu, NASA's first attempt at such a mission, which is led by the University of Arizona, which is right down the street from us, by the way. OSIRIS-REx principal investigator and UA professor Dante Loretta said Tuesday's operation, 200 million miles away from Earth, collected far more material than expected in the hundreds of grams. The sample container on the end of the robot penetrated so deeply into the asteroid surface and with such force that rocks got sucked in and became wedged around the rim of the lid. Scientists estimate the sampler pressed as much as 19 inches into the rough, crumbly black terrain. We're almost a victim of our own success here, Loretta said. Loretta said there is nothing that flight controllers on Earth can do to clear the obstructions and prevent more bits of Bennu from escaping other than to get the samples into their return capsule as soon as possible. So the flight team was scrambling to put the sample container into the capsule as early as today for the long trip home. Time of, is of the essence, Thomas Zuperchin said, and he is the chief NASA of science missions. Scientists were stunned and then dismayed on Thursday when they saw the pictures coming from the OSIRIS-REx following its wildly successful touch-and-go on Bennu two days earlier. A cloud of asteroid particles could be seen swirling around the spacecraft 
as it backed away from Banu. The situation appeared to stabilize, according to Loretta, once the robot arm was locked into place, but it's impossible to know exactly how much had already been lost. Okay, that was the newsy or hard part of this episode. Now for my commentary on this story. Robert Burns was a well-known celebrated poet from Scotland who lived between 1759 and 1796. He was only 37 when he died. I want to read a portion from his poem to a mouse, and it reads, But mouse friend, you are not alone. Improving foresight may be vain. The best laid schemes of mice and men go oft awry and leave us only grief and pain for promised joy. Simple translation, no matter how carefully a project is planned, something may still go wrong with it. So here is a man-made spacecraft that has been traveling to its destination since 2016 and will not return to Earth with what's left of its precious cargo until 2024. That's an eight-year journey to collect several handfuls of rocky material from an asteroid that is a time capsule back to the creation of our solar system billions of years ago. A noble endeavor, that's for sure, and obviously carefully planned and executed almost to the end. It is still unsure at this time that scientists will send commands today to try to pack away what is left of the gathered samples, but it's impossible to determine what amount of material will make it back to Earth in four years. But we are left after this incident with only one conclusion. No matter how much you plan, create, design, build, launch, or follow a scientific endeavor, experimentation, which this mission truly is, will sometimes throw at you surprises. So, if rocks or pebbles or scraps of asteroid are preventing a strong seal to the container of that material, material will be thrown out into space. Even the slightest inertia of the spacecraft or subtle roll or movement will expel that material into space forever lost. If you're an empty can of dried noodles into being poured into a boiling pot of water here on Earth, you can quip quickly stop a flow of, that, of those noodles, leaving the container in a rapid drain from that container, and greater than you wished it happened. You can't stop it. A simple flick of your finger or twist of your wrist, and you would certainly stop those noodles from escaping its container, or asteroid particles from escaping the spacecraft enclosure 206 million miles from Earth. So, look at your hand. Go ahead, look at it. Marvel at its exquisite design. The four flexible fingers, the opposable thumb, perfect for clamping down on an object, large or small, with one of those fingers. Evolution and grand design has given you two of these marvelous tools at each end of your arms. 
And yet, here we are, 206 million miles away from the spacecraft Osiris-Rex, unable to clear away a few pebbles from the lip of the precious cargo enclosure and seal shut the lid that will contain that material for its four-year ride back from deep space to a laboratory somewhere here on Earth. The entire OSIRIS-REx mission to asteroid Bennu will end up with the construction and management from launch to landing with a cost of approximately $1.2 billion. In the pursuit of science, money has no means other than the lubrication in search of the facts. But I just find it a bit disheartening that just one or two flicks of a human finger would ensure the success of the mission's ultimate goal. The engineering feat to travel hundreds of millions of miles, land precisely on a van-sized asteroid, then return to Earth, both Earth and Bennu in motion, I find that astounding. So, conclusion. Remove humans from the equation of any scientific journey from planning execution to completion, and that journey has a high potential for failure. The mission will be considered a success, maybe a partial success, if most, if not all, of the samples drift away from the spacecraft. Someone, anyone, in the design phase of this spacecraft, maybe a decade ago, should have considered the possibility of grains of rocks or pebbles clogging the container seal. It's too late now. The only possibility we can hope for is that enough material was successfully transferred by radio command sent by Earth to the spacecraft, 18 minutes one-way transmission, and will transfer enough of the remaining material into the sealed container to save for examination four years from now. Two takeaways during all that is going on here on Earth right now. The human factor and intelligence and ability must always be considered in every possible wind-loose scenario, and we must truly appreciate the human body and mind and its ability to work through problem-solving and surviving here on our water planet. What a beautiful, subtle, efficient design and architecture we have. And we all possess that for only a short period of time as we are guests in the current time and space. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of the Infobots podcast. And please support our efforts to bring you Infobots. Go to patreon.com forward slash infobots podcast and please join us again for another episode of infobots bye-bye